emotions and like the feels going back listening to the lyrics even in the state of mind i'm in now it is different bro and i cannot wait to talk about this project right here i ain't gonna even go cap no cap about you q man to be honest with you i say i was a j cole fan but i really wasn't like sean would say tapped in like i should have been claiming i was a j cole fan at the at the same time so like i said i never listened to friday night friday night lights um i listened to sideline story um maybe once but it was mainly because like already the hits was already on there. But going back and listening to the album we're gonna talk about in this pack, it just made me really appreciate J. Cole more. Not enough to say, you know, that he's better than Kendrick, but you know, he's he definitely made me look at him, you know, a little different. He's definitely up there. Like at this point, like if you say J. Cole is not in the debate for the GOATs, then you simply don't know music. Like that's really what it is at the at the end of the day. We've been doing these uh packs, the first two by ourselves. Um we did a Friday Night Lights and we did the uh, J. Cole well, um sideline story. Cold World Sideline Story by ourselves. We had to we had to recruit a little bit of help on this uh, second with the next two packs. We got my boy V Brandon Moss, Bronx native, in yes, the sir. building. Yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all, man. We only recruit people that know music. So I just want you to know that we don't we just don't invite up and everybody and their mom up in our podcast. So you know, Brandon, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie. Brandon has been trying to get on the podcast for a minute, and I'm not gonna lie, it's, I, it's really been my it's really been my fault that he hasn't been on. I'm about to say what? <laughs> this is new information. I've been trying hard, man. man you know, we yeah, just no, you know, yeah. the thing about it is we just weren't doing broken records every day. You know what I'm saying? So like we had other stuff going on. I mean, I'm not gonna give out too much free lunch, but you know, there was other stuff in the works along with the broken records. So I hate that I had to keep capping on my boy, but I said, hey. You get right, you're gonna be the first one I call. And hey, you're here now, right? You're here now. I appreciate it, man. I thought for a second my application did not get approved. I was like, dang. No. <laughs> no. I was like, dang. You treat you like Target. But now, um, also, uh, go and give him a little bit of your background. Like, what, what what music do you listen to on a day to day basis? Like, who is Brandon Moss? Who should we know from like the music perspective? Um, so I guess like the first album I ever bought, like as a kid. Um, was like Twister. <laughs> it was like oh, Twister. Shoot. Yeah, I was like, I was like really into Twister at, at the age. But like, I'm I'm a '90s hip hop kid. Um, a tribe called Quest. Like, my dad, he worked at Showtime as like a producer. Um, he worked with um, I forgot his name, but from Black Sheep, he worked with them a lot. So everything he did was like '90s, '90s. So a tribe called Quest, leaders of the new school, all that type of stuff is like the type of music I'm into. So like, how do you feel about the new music now? Like, what's your like? Who do you listen to like currently in the rap game right now? Currently in the rap game right now, that's a lot because I be listening to a lot. I know mainly I'm I listen to a lot of like Griselda. Um, I love I love Benny. Like Benny is like he's that old school like New York sound because I think a lot of night a lot of New York sound right now is like drill music, which is cool. Like I like it. I like the turn up. But sometimes you don't you want to hear like rap like actual rap like lyrics and stuff like that not just like right. you know i kill i kill somebody in the corner and you know i did a dance and <laughs> you kind of you know we'll hear actual lyrics mm-hmm. so who would you say is your favorite artist right now currently favorite that's a hard one <laughs> i like so many people like you know i'll be sending you stuff on a date like i, I like so many people um facts you do I you think do, you right, do. yeah <laughs> Um, I think right now, I guess my favorite, favorite artist, um, it's an artist from Philly named Kerr. Um, he, he put out, he dropped a tape, like, the late, the late half of 2020, but that, that, mm-hmm. that tape has been in my rotation, like, ever since, like, I, I just don't stop listening to that, so he's, like, my favorite, favorite artist right now. What's his name? His name is Kerr. It's, like, K-U-R. Like, he's pretty dope. He's pretty dope. 
Put me he on. got a tape. He got a tape with like Davies and he he always putting out stuff. He almost remind me like a currency with his work ethic because he he always putting out a tape. But he's pretty dope. Meek Mill shouted him out on IG, you know. So that's pretty big because uh, honestly, Meek is probably like the biggest artist right now in Philly. So, but yeah, he's pretty dope. That's what's up. I'm about to check him out. So, wait, you say Beat Mill's the biggest artist out of Philly? You don't think Lil Uzi is like in that in that consideration for biggest See, artist out of Philly? I say only reason why I say Meek Mill is like the biggest artist out of Philly. I when I when I say big, like Meek Mill, Uzi is big, but Uzi is big like music wise. Meek Mill is like making moves. He got artists now. Um, mm, you know, he's in okay. those rooms with like Jay Z. Um, you know, like all these different type of you know millionaires, like he he's having different things. Like he's he made movies, like it, it's different. Like he got a movie on HBO. Uzi is just rich. Like Uzi's rich, balling out, got a Lambo, mm-hmm. you know, Ferrari racing. But that's why Meek Mill, in my opinion, Meek Mill's like the Jay Z of Philly. I won't. I'm not. I'm not saying like he is Jay Z, but like when it comes to Philly artists, like if you get a Meek Mill feature, that's pretty big. Like you going. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go up, or if you get like a Meek Mill says, Yo, this this dude is nice, like that's that's a What's big, that? like that's a big thing, yeah. I could definitely respect that. I wouldn't think of Meek Mill being the biggest out of Philly, but who else is out of Philly that's doing the things that Meek Mill is doing? So I could definitely exactly. saying about that, exactly. But, um, appreciate you, uh, Brand, again for joining us on this podcast. Um, finally, you know, it's not gonna be the last time you show up on the podcast. You know, my boy Brandon, he really knows his music. Like, he said he'd be sending me stuff every day. We'd be talking about, you know, music on a day to day basis and just giving our opinions. So, it's pretty much an honor to have you on this podcast, bro, on this episode. So, top five all time right now. Oh, shoot, top five. damn, <laughs> man, it's top five. <laughs> top, okay, <laughs> yeah, you gotta be ready, you gotta be ready. Tron Cold Quest, um, Jay-Z, Nas, Big L, Big, and then for my fifth, that's a hard one. Uh, all the time. You know, I'm going to give it a bus. Bust around. Okay. That's that's not a bad list, bro. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> we started Very off with Tron Cold Quest. Let's just stop right there, bro. We started <laughs> off with a tra- This guy just, bro, he started off right there. I was like, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to stop playing with him. I'm going to stop playing with him. Bro, I thought you were about to say the Sugar Hill game for me. I'm about to say, boy, Sugar Hill. Bro, he didn't even throw a jab. He went straight right hook. Me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, we're going to dive into um, these uh, next couple um, packs that we're going to do for the J. Cole pack. Uh, we already gave y'all Friday Night Lights. We gave y'all Cold World Sideline Story. So the one, the next one that we feel like we had to give y'all some attention to, we had to address is J. Cole's second is it his second album or third studio album? I can't um, remember. No, nah, this is second. Yeah, I'm say it's second album. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. And it's without a doubt probably one of my favorite J. Cole albums, Born Center. The opposite of a winner. Let's get it. <laughs> it's gonna be way darker this time. That's what he said. Where was you at? Where was you at when this album dropped, Moss? So so I transferred to USC. I went to another college um, back home in New York called Peru College. Um, I transferred to USC like the fall of 2013, but I think this came out in the spring or the summertime. But summertime. I remember when it came out. Yeah, I remember when it came out, and a lot of like a lot of my boys were like, "Yeah, J Cole, he really kind of disappointed with that last album." And then I think I forgot when Sideline Story came out, but it. I remember thinking like, "Man, this is fast to have like a." you know, an album already? Like, you just dropped, like, you just dropped something. So. But he had a lot to prove with this album. Um, and when I listened to it, I'll, I'll never forget it. This was like, it actually made me a J. Cole fan again, because I ain't gonna lie, I, at the Sideline story, I kind of, kind of stopped listening to my guy. No, you don't like Sideline story? I don't, I don't. No, let's all. talk about it. I can feel that, because my take on it was Sideline story. I thought that was just like, to get his name out. Like, it was just a whole bunch of hits. Yeah. Like, I feel like he made his, uh, name for himself off of like doing the little basketball series mixed up like Friday Night Lights and all that stuff like he was telling the story and I feel like he was able to get back into that because he said um I think like a week or so after he dropped his album he was back in the studio and he said all the songs that didn't make Sideline Story like he added them to um Born Center so I I view this as his actual first studio well, project. Well he, he he did say and I definitely got to give credit for this I mean Sideline Story I feel like Sideline Story was just a constructive like masterpiece so you just construct you can tell you what a lot of other hands was on yeah 
Mm-hmm. And he even said that Born Center was his first official album where he had full creativity. Right. Like, he had mm-hmm. full creative direction. Like, he could do whatever he want to do. Yeah. So, I definitely see why a lot of people think this is, like, his first, like, album album. But. Yeah. And I was Brandon, too. Like, this made me, like, a huge fan of J. Cole. Like, I, and I wasn't even going through half the stuff that he talked about in the songs, but just hearing someone just articulate themselves like that, yeah, different. Yeah, the only person I knew that doing that at the time was uh, now nah, we're not gonna get into that, but yeah, Eric, if you reference Drake one more time hey, on an episode, I, say, I, didn't say, I didn't even say it. I didn't even say you gotta check the date, you gotta check the date, Cold a guy. Okay, but Miles, we was having a conversation earlier, and you say, all right, you just say you don't like Cylon Story. How do you feel about Friday Night Lights? Like, give us your opinion on Friday Night Lights. Oh, man. Friday Night Lights got me through high school, man. <laughs> that, that whole, like, that whole series, um, I forgot. It was the warm-up, um, and I forgot what came out before the, the come up. up, But the come-up, that that whole set, because my boy, he was like a big, he's like, yo, this dude, he's from North Carolina. You know, at the time, like, New York, like, I'm not even going to lie. New York has got a bias on music. So anything that comes from, like, below Virginia, <laughs> they think it's, like, or it is not from, like, the West Coast or, like, Cali or anything. They don't think it's, like, good. Like, so uh, when, I, when I heard. Florida? Yeah, even Florida. Like, they don't wow. think it's, like, really, it's, like, really good. Because <laughs> even, like, I think recently I just found out Rick Ross was from Florida. I thought he was, I didn't think he was from Florida. So I didn't consider him a Southern rapper. At all, I, I just consider him like a dope rapper. I thought he was like kind of like Jeezy. He didn't really have a place at home, so I just consider him like a dope rapper. But um, I didn't. I was like Jay Cole. I was like, man, let me listen. I listen and I tell you. <laughs> That's why I was so disappointed in Sideline because it was like, bro, like you rap like this on your tapes and then you gonna give me that? Like, come on now. But I just, I was just really disappointed and hurt. So I just stopped listening to him after that. But then when I heard Born Center. I was like really analyzing it heavy, and I was like, "Yo, you know, don't disappoint me. You know, you got a lot of stuff." Because it was like a big like the way he like led up to the album. He dropped like I don't know if y'all remember. He dropped like little two packs, three packs, leading up to that album, and it was. You like, talking this album? Yeah, it, he dropped oh, like, uh, the truly yours. Yeah, the truly yours. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I in there. And it, it, they were. I was like, okay, so this album really about to be like that. And then I heard it, and I was like, wow. Like, it really is like that. And it just made me a fan again. I'm like, yo, oh, man. And then it just led to even better music. Um, but that's like a, opening the door. <laughs> I'm not trying to open that Pandora's box yet because that's, that's another album that's, like, crazy, crazy. But, yeah. Yes, Bruh, all right. I got a question. I got a question for you, uh, y'all boys. Q, I, I really, Q, I really want to ask you, bro. I really want to ask you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this album. How do you how do you feel what do you feel Cole was really trying to accomplish with this album? The reason I'm asking you is because I feel like Cole was in a in a certain mode that another artist we ain't gonna name right now, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That was in when he made a specific album. I'm just trying right. to see if we if me and you tracking or not. What do you think? Uh not comparing honestly, the two, of course, because they're two completely different things, but right. I just feel like his mindset was in a in that place. Definitely. Was in that place. He was definitely tapped in. Yeah, um, to answer your question about why I feel like he was trying to accomplish, um, I feel like like everybody was kind of saying, like Eric and Moss were saying, that he definitely had some stuff to prove, but I feel like he didn't have to prove himself as much as, you know, the Friday Night Lights uh, fans would have wanted him to. But I feel like with this album, I think he just wanted to accomplish the fact that he can make hits and still have that rapping ability because I feel like Friday Night Lights was just the rapping ability. And Sideline Story may have just been mainly hits. And I feel like with this album, it was a, both a combination of both. You have songs like Power Trip, um, Rich Niggas, Crooked Smile, like a lot of songs that people know just off the bat. But you also have like a lot of like the banger songs and like songs that like he's just spitting, like Land of Snake, Rich Niggas, and like other songs like that. I'm not going to go into like what my favorite songs are, but. To answer your question, I think I can draw the parallel we're trying to draw with like the other artists that you know would not be mentioned right now. We're talking about J. Cole, but with this album, I feel like he was definitely trying to show that he had that versatility to do both and still like remain dominant in the rap game. Definitely. Did he produce all the beats for this album, or did he um 
like get help with that. I don't know if he did them all, but he did. He, I'm pretty sure he did a good amount. I, I saw here he had Jake one. Um, I think Science and Elite. Them boys are chopped in, but it said Jake Cole did ninety percent. Ninety percent. Chopped the other That's ten crazy. to the boys. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Them boys in the room. <laughs> he said, "What?" So, Sean, you let me ask you. What? What does the title of the album mean to you, Born Sinner? Like, what did that kind of convey? As soon as like, you listen to, you know, you're the J. Cole fan, kind of J. Cole, like, um, specialist here, if I had to uh, give a label. J. Cole what, <laughs> what, what, is, what does the title Born Sinner, like, mean to you? Bruh, um, I can remember when this album came out. Because I was like, why he named it Born Sinner? Yeah. And then I was like, the cover art was that, like, these limes. I was like, what is that? Yeah. I was like, what's the co got going on? Like, so I was like, all right, let me let me at least tap in. And like when I first listened to it, I was like, bro, this is good, but I think I definitely just missed what he was trying to say just now. <laughs> yeah. So it, I'm not gonna cap. This was the actual album where I had to like really listen to it uh, like a few times to really catch on what he was saying, like in everything, not yeah. just like surface level things, of course, that he was saying, but actually digest and actually understand the album. But I think he's just talking about everyday life, to be honest, but it really feels like good and evil, born center, like, because in reality, that's what we all are, but to most other people, we try to seem like we're perfect, mm-hmm. or that nobody makes mistakes, and, and I think with this album, to be honest, this is one of the most honest albums I've ever heard, being completely honest, Yeah. because throughout the whole project, you, he's, he talks about, like, his trials and tribulations, <laughs> like, moving to New York, and... Mm-hmm with girls, women, like, but most of the stuff he's talking about is very relatable. Like, he was one of the first rappers that wasn't just rapping about, like, stuff that I didn't really, that was, like, It just sounds good, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, he's, he's grounded. Like, you Definitely. can tell he was actually, like, telling a story and telling experiences. Yeah. And, like, even though, even if I wasn't experiencing that yet, I felt like I was going yeah. to experience that at some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was almost like a, yeah, like a look to in the future a little bit. on some weird shit, but if that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah. To answer your question, Q, that's why I give him his album, Born Center, Good and Evil, like, that's really what he talked about in this whole project. His ups, his downs, like, everything. That's why. That's what I get from him. And uh, just that on, Sean, like, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And then, like, I was just doing some more research. I don't know if it's exactly true or not, but I think it's, like, seven lines on this album or whatever. And I think I saw that. Seven, the seven deadly sins. Yes. And so, oh, wow. Yeah. So, Definitely. and you can kind of pick up on that a little bit. Like, I'll just, so the seven deadly sins, they're a, uh, Pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth. Or yeah, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. So um, if you just kind of look at the sound of the soundtrack and look like and look like uh what they're talking about, you can kind of see it being exemplified a little bit. Like Land of the Snakes, mm-hmm. Mo Money, She mm-hmm. Knows, uh, Forbidden Fruit, Rich Niggas, Rich Niggas. It's just like, like just see it. and then some. I can't. It's like come. It's not coming to me immediately. But when you listen to the song and you just kind of think, have the Seven Deadly Sins in your head. And then just watch the references he's making. And I think he's really like what you're trying to say, um, Sean. Just trying to talk talk about everyday life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the born sinner, like we have, we're kind of like we're born into a world of sin. It's the seven deadly sins. That's something we're gonna come across in every day in our everyday life. And I think he just you know detailing how he handled it honestly. So I was gonna say I think um, J Cole like is one of those artists. He bounced back from it, but I think he's one of those artists like with Sideline Story. He had a hit. I forgot the name. I think Workout. Workout was like a yeah. big, big hit, and you know, like in this industry, like if you if you're an artist and you got a big hit, like straight off the gate, it don't matter. Even if you had dope, you know, mixtapes, you had a good following, you got a dope hit straight out the gate. It's getting played on the radio. You hear it in Walgreens and all this. Like it's a big, big hit. Yeah. I think that's a lot of pressure, you know, on an artist. And I feel like this album kind of shows, like, yo, you know, I had the chains, I had the money, but it really wasn't what I thought it was gonna be like, you know, I wasn't me. Like it was it was it was nice, but it wasn't me. And I think he talks about that a lot. Like I know especially on my favorite song on that album, um Chaining Day. I think yeah, yeah he, he talks about that a lot. Yeah. He talks about that a lot. Bro. Like just getting it, like you know, getting it iced out and dead and then it's like, well, it don't really mean that much. Like it's just you know, it's just a chain. Like like it's crazy that you say that because when we look at J. Cole now, he's not a materialistic person at all. He kind of like just likes being around family, cool with the old lady, you know, stuff like that. And I feel yeah. like this, this was the album where he was like, I don't need that. And then you see, you know, we're not, we're going to go into it later, of course, but 2014 Forest Hill Drive, that's just a very 
sentimental project. It's not very materialistic at all, really. So I think this was really the end of all the flashy stuff. Well, Moss, you, you literally went into what I was going to say next. Like, Chain of Day has to be hands down my favorite song. I listened to the song. Definitely. I swear. Probably. I swear. <laughs> Probably ten times in the span of yesterday, bro. Like no problem. <laughs> it's, the, it's one of the best songs on the album. Gotta be top. It three. is, right? It is. But nah, just going into like the track list, like the first thing that caught my attention, like I didn't even look, I didn't even listen to the album, but I saw um the third song, um LA, Land of Snakes. Notice how I almost trip myself up. It's L A L A or capital, and then it's like the rest is spelled normally. Now, why would you think he purposely tried to capitalize the L and the A? When in Land of Snakes, it kind of brings a parallel to the whole weekend thing. I know me and Eric were discussing this. We talked about this on the last podcast too. How the weekend went from the only thing he wanted to do was go to um, Los Angeles, like make it big, and the song um, on After Hours, Escape from LA, is kind of like mm-hmm. a parallel. Like, bro, I'm trying to get out of Los Angeles, and you know, J Cole is emphasizing that Land of Snakes, LA, like it's a land of snakes. Like Los Angeles ain't nothing but snakes. Like he even says in the song, like. Better watch out for the snakes because they're watching you. You know what I'm saying? Like you're out there, like they have good intentions for you, but like you know, at the end of the day, a snake is a snake. Like you shouldn't be surprised when a snake bites you in the back because you know that's what a snake does. That's just one of the things that caught me off guard. That I was like, oh yeah, if J Cole doing subliminals like this, I know it's gonna be a good album. So Q, let me uh, since we're on, this is actually my favorite song on the album. Um, I'm I'm reading here and it says J Cole he considered himself a snake. Um. In the same way, like he would go, like they're, they're basically saying that uh, Land of Snakes about him. He was messing with a woman, um, just doing some one night stands or whatever, and then he tried to like reconnect with her, and then she basically flipped the script on him. Is that what you kind of? Is that what you got from the song? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely what I got from the song because in the song, like a woman is talking to him, and she actually gives him the advice that you better watch out for the snakes because the snakes are watching you. So I can definitely see like why you would say that because in the song, like he's having a conversation with a woman at some point. And then she says that. So uh, I didn't know that he was uh, referencing himself as being a snake, though. Like, that that's something you just taught me, because I would never think of J. Cole as being a snake. Like, of course, you can, like, be caught up in, like, the flame and, like, the like the glory of, like, everything that you're caught up in. But as far as being a snake, like, that's that's kind of low. Like, a snake is kind of equivalent to a rat, in my opinion. I feel like... Oh, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I, I feel like in, even in that sense, what Eric said and what you said, Q, like, I, really, I definitely feel both of those things. And I feel like... And what Eric said mostly because I feel like he was trying to say like if you don't watch yourself you will turn into a snake mm-hmm. like like technically anybody's capable of being a snake and if you're around a land of snakes yep. what is there to become come on and I think this is the you start you start to see pieces of cold subconsciousness rapping in this as well you see him doing a lot of reflecting from a perspective where he's watching himself like I feel like Cole if you look at uh Forest Hill Drives, or even his later projects, he's referencing kind of like the atmosphere. He's not like more so gloating about himself or anything like that. He's just kind of reading the room and kind of rapping about that. And I feel like you can kind of see hints of that in this album. Like Land of the Snakes is one of the first ones. And that's, again, this is my favorite song. So that's where I really realized like J. Cole, lyrically, like he's here to stay. He's like a perfect storyteller. Because I, when I was, I felt like I was cool. I feel like I was doing all this stuff. Like, I, it's just crazy. You feel like you, like, I feel like that was seat exactly. in, the, in, the, in the experience. Like IMAX theater, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you felt like you was cold, right? I feel like I felt like I put on the VR and I was everything Cole said. That's what I was doing. Definitely. Eric has a has a a skill and always feeling like the artist whenever he listens to music. Cause wasn't Eric just saying when we talk about Frank Ocean, he felt like Frank Ocean when you would listen to uh, uh, Boys Don't Cry. So. Yeah, I feel like if an artist that you know nothing really about, you guys are from two different sides of the world, but you're able to find a single strand of similarity to connect. That's all it is. I feel like I think it's like an artistic experience and stuff like that. So if I'm able to dive in and kind of go into the world that you painted, then you did your job. So what do y'all feel is like the hit off this album? Like when people... If people were to talk about this album and like there would be one song that they would know off this album, what do you think that song would be like? What's the hit song off there? Crooked Smile. Yeah, you gotta go with Crooked Smile. Yeah, Smile. Oh, yeah. That was that record right there really that put J. So Cole beautiful. in another stratosphere. Yeah, music, yeah. Like, and I don't even think he was really expecting that from it, like to be honest, but it really went crazy. I don't even think it was a lead single. I had to check that. Or if it was, it wasn't one of the first ones. Definitely. You know what you know what Crooked Smile oh, reminds me of? Don't don't kill me for this tape, but <laughs> it reminds me of um like a a God's plan type track. Yeah, 
A little bit. Like, he, like, almost, not the same, but kind of, like, that's, like, okay, we see Drake in a different light. Okay, I didn't know Cole can do that. Like, oh, wow. He can make music like that. He's not just a rapper, rapper. Okay, Drake can make a song that's kind of, like, uplifting a little bit. And he's not, mm-hmm. like, talking about losing his ex or, you know, um, some girl that he was dating or just rapping about, you know, other stuff. So I, I, I consider them kind of in the same light a little bit of, like, types of, like, singles that you would release. But that's definitely, like, the main single. And Power Trip. And Power, Power yeah. Trip was, like, really, yeah. really Power Trip was tough, tough when it came out because when it came out, I didn't know what kind of direction Born Center was going in. And then I mm. think the music video, this was back, I think, 106 in Park. So you would see the music video when it dropped before you would actually listen to the audio. So I'm watching the music video, and I'm just like... Yeah, the music video is absolutely... It's ridiculous. What is honest. going on? Like, you, you really don't know what like... There's definitely a time skip because you see the dude leave the house, and then he's about to get buried outside. And I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, definitely being a youngster, I was like, what is going on? I was going to say, Power Trip is... I feel like Power Trip is kind of the song that everybody knows off this album, because, I mean, I'm looking at the, the stats right now, and this is the most streamed song off the album. So, I feel like... I mean, plus it has Miguel on it, too. Like, you got Miguel on the vocals, like, that song is bound to blow. I think I heard that song in the, in the club one time. Yeah, Power Trip in the club. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, I, I feel like Power Trip is the song... I feel like Cricket Somewhere and Power Trip are the two songs that everybody can connect to. Yeah. Like, mostly, because they, they really just... I don't want to say they're deep songs, but they, like, he talking about something in both songs. Like, being completely honest, bro, like, being a young kid that couldn't get braces a little little, when I heard Crooked Smile for the first time, bro, mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell? This thing on a different level, for real. <laughs> I mean, like, bro, the first the first couple bars, he's explaining as to why he didn't get grills. Like, why yes, he didn't bro, how he, why he didn't fix his teeth. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Like being, especially being like you, most rappers at that at that stardom, they definitely can go ahead and go ahead and get that corrected. But I think one of the tougher things with Crooked Smile was that video, um, because he dedicated it to the killing of Ayanna Jones. Yeah, and yeah, and every time I watch it, like I just remember what happened. And it's just like Cole is really just been, he's like he's on a grounded level. I just yeah. feel like, and it, this is where I give Cole a little bit more credit than my favorite artists, as you guys know, because he's always like out here like telling just the real stories, like. Yeah. He's not he's not afraid to give you a fairy tale, but at the same time he's gonna give you like the real truth. Yeah. Like he's not gonna sugarcoat it. So for him to kind of portray like and try to like I guess I, I guess make a positive or just kind of bring awareness to it, I just really appreciated him for doing that crooked smile. You, I, you actually don't see a lot of artists kind of doing that now. Yeah. So that was big. That's why I say I feel like this is his most honest, bro. His most honest project, bro. Like he's really he's talking about everything. Only it's other only either. other project that's more honest than this one. Is the is the next one? We we're gonna talk about that later. That just <laughs> definitely. I feel like those two projects probably have to be in the top ten for most honest albums in hip hop history. I can live with that actually. I can live with that because he he was very vulnerable on, especially like he was more vulnerable on this album. I feel because it's just like he he came <laughs> into the game. He had a lot. A lot to kind of say, like, even let Nas down. It's like, he, he, you know, all these expectations that were on him, and he feels like he just feels a lot of people. Um, And then in the next one, he just kind of did it for, like, you know, his old, like, I feel like that one was more for, like, the Ville. Like, he was like, I didn't forget about y'all. Like, I know y'all think I did, and I moved on, but I didn't forget about y'all. Like, I'm here. Like, I understand. I still feel y'all pain, and it was more vulnerable on that aspect, but. No, I could definitely agree to everything that's been said so far, so. I feel like we can all come to a consensus that we felt like we were all from the Ville while listening to this album because J. Cole just puts us in a place of mind where like we feel like we have to get it out. We feel like we're not good enough to get it out. That's where the whole theme of Born Center comes from. And we're battling all these things at the same time. And I just wanna go in I just really just wanna go into the like my favorite songs off the album, if that's okay with y'all boys. Run away, that's that really starts my whole journey into understanding the mindset of Cole. Like the like the hook, like run away, run away, run away. I'm holding on desperately. Like, come on. He's literally telling you that he's stuck between getting caught up in the fame, but he also might be stuck between remaining himself and like being true to himself. And then, you know, Rich Niggas, the song after that, well, the second song after that, because she knows comes right after that. The, I really appreciate the um, the honesty in that 
because he just goes into depth about how the perception of rich niggas isn't really what a rich nigga is because a lot of rich niggas, you know, that we know of in the rap industry now are just putting on like that because you're rich don't mean you're real. And I feel like he was really trying to convey that. And Forbidden Fruit, I like Forbidden Fruit. Uh, I like the Kendrick Lamar verse. And I, you could, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Like it's drawing the parallels and the um, connection to the story of Adam and Eve and, you know, being the Garden of Eden and abiding the forbidden apple, well, forbidden, forbidden fruit, which is the apple, which we think is the apple, but it's not really apple. But, you know, that's a discussion for another day. And then Channing Day. Shannon Day just is a soulful song. I feel like a gospel choir, like it just came straight from like the first hymn of a scripture book. Like that song is just, it just does something to me, man. For real, for real. Those solid. Those were solid choices right there. I ain't gonna count. What about you, Brandon? Definitely Forbidden Fruit, just because I'm a big charcoal Quest fan. So when I heard that electric relaxation sample, I was like, dang, that. That's, it was just like dope how he did it. Um, how he ended off the album um, with Born Center. Um, like I love James Fontaine. Like I, I really, he's like one of my favorite R&B artists. Honestly, think if um, if Frank Ocean didn't get as big, I feel like he would kind of be in the same spot space as that. So I, I just love how he like That's ends tough. it with the hook. Like just the way like Born Center is like that. And then definitely Chaining Day. Like I love Chaining Day. Just like. He just going off about like how you know how like he thought like having that and I guess that goes back to the seven sins thing like you know um glutton for he was like gluttony for like you know money and these different things these chains and looking good in front of women and having it iced out and stuff like it don't mean nothing at the end of the day you know um it doesn't give you inner peace like you know you're spending money on something that they used to put on us as slaves so um right. just icing it out so it was it was just really like. I just love that song so much. Bro, the part that got me in that song, bro, when he said that, um, I swear I thought my jeweler, my jeweler said, here go uh, your chain, my nigga. I was like, God yeah. damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> but I was also trying to figure out, like, why was the outro, like, the outro to the song, like, why was, like, the outer loop of the song so long? Because he kept, he looked, like, there's no new verses in the outer loop, like he literally just keeps saying the same thing over and over again. Like, I need you to love me. Um, I know I said that shit last time, but this is the last time. And I think almost, I think J. Cole was really trying to get us to, I think he was almost trying to engrave in our minds that, bro, like, this is not how it's supposed to be. Like, I know you keep saying that you're going to not buy that chain. You're not going to do what you say you're supposed to do. But, nigga, you lying to yourself. You really have to stop doing it. Like, stop telling your mama this. Really tell your accountant this. Like, really deep dive and, like, tell yourself that, bro, you cannot afford to do this no more. Like, in the physical sense, financially and spiritually, like, bro, this is literally destroying you and all those aspects of life. So, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to beg you to do it. You know what I'm saying? To beg you to stop doing that. So, that's why I relate to it so much. Because I feel like he was almost pleading to the people listening to this song, like, bro, think beyond all the shit that you think is important to you. Because it don't matter. That's deep. Um, shit. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to keep up. Um, my favorite songs from the project, Lil Illuminati. Like, way to set the tone. Like, yeah. seriously. <laughs> Great intro. It's way darker. Than Great and intro, he just bro. he just takes off from there. Um, L.A. Land of Snakes. Um, I already talked to y'all about why I like that, but that's definitely my favorite off, favorite song off the album. Um, some other ones I really like, Trouble. Um, I want to happen to Chili Warriors Three a little bit, which is the Deluxe, New York Times. That was the first time I ever heard of Boss. And the story behind that was that New York Times, he was trying to have 50 and Nas on it. But Nas didn't get on there. As you know, he ended up doing the, um, he let Nas down. He ended up doing a remix. But that was the first time I heard, I heard Boss. So that put me on to him. Um, is she going to pop? Niggas know when Sparks Fly. You just can't miss with those. I feel like Sparks Will Fly is probably yeah. one of the most underrated. It's one of the most underrated. That song is so underrated, right? And then if you put stuff into perspective, like, this is a J.I.E.P.O. feature. And this was really before she was that big, but like, She's not the type to really work with everybody either, so I don't know. It's just something about that whole the bonus songs and deluxe. They're just tough. So um, those are probably my favorite off the album, just aside from the ones y'all named so far. What about you, Sean? Uh, y'all y'all don't name don't name the, the best ones. I ain't gonna cap. No kidding. But uh, just to name a few. Uh, the ones that stuck with me probably the hardest, I would say. That I used to spend every day. Probably trouble. 
uh, Rich Niggas, Chain and Day, uh, You Can't Go Wrong with Miss America. And just, I just, I guess I'd throw, uh, I'd throw Runaway in there. The Runaway was, I don't know, I just, I feel like that take you on an experience every time you listen to it. Yeah. It's like you pack your bags and walk <laughs> oh, out the door. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Q, I got a question for you, because, um, you said that you tapped back into it um, by listening to the album and stuff like that. So before you tapped in, what were, what was your rate or what was your thought of the album? Uh, my thoughts on the album? I mean, I get, I, I thought it was straight. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't something that was going to be in my daily rotations. Like, I really underestimated the essence of this album because this is around the time that uh, who we was talking about earlier, uh, Sean and I, this is around the same time that that artist was dropping music as well. So it kind of distracted me from really taking in, I guess, the magnitude of who Cole was. I go on name not Kendrick Lamar. Like I'm a big Kendrick Lamar fan. Everybody knows that. So when Kendrick Lamar, Jake and Kendrick Lamar were kind of like going like back to back when they were dropping projects. Like they were both on the scene at the same time and they were both respecting the game as well as Drake too. So J Cole just seemed to be like the last person I was listening to because the other two greats were just doing so well. So that's honestly my fault for not you know paying attention to J Cole as much as I should have been. But like I said, it wasn't in my daily rotation. I knew Power Trip. I knew Land of Snakes. I knew Forbidden Fruit because they had Kendrick Lamar on it. So I really <laughs> didn't I really didn't take this album as serious. Like that's the best way I could put it. I didn't take the album serious. And I regret it, honestly. Hey man, it happens sometimes. Hey, you tap back in, so that's all that matters. Shoot. So I guess with that being said, what do you rate the album now? <sighs> honestly, bro, I can't give this album no less than the nine. Like if I give it, if you give it anything less than a nine, you disrespect the music, you disrespect the J Cole, <laughs> and you just disrespect the hip hop in general, bro. No, that's that's facts, man. That's facts, though. I kind of wanted to. Well, I'll ask after we go through everybody's ratings because you know I want to continue on the conversation about what all the songs mean. Well, not all the songs, but what kind of songs mean to everybody. So I ask that question after everybody else gives their ratings. Shoot. Um. Yeah, you can take it, Brandon. What's your rating? Uh, definitely a nine. Um, this was like, it, it really, I, I think because cause his discography is kind of elevated now. It's like on another level now to where you don't, you don't remember like this album as much as you remember Forest Hill Drive. But th- yeah, it's definitely a nine. Um, it was just a good comeback. It was real. It's probably the most like, as an artist, he's very like open, just telling you what he went through the hardships of like what happened with that last album and just being in the music industry and all this money and the fame ain't really what it's cracked out to be. Yeah, it, it's a nine. Interesting. Definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not mad at the nine, to be honest. I'm not mad at that. I'm over it. I would say this is a 10. It's a 10. And this is my favorite J. Cole album out of his entire discography. I, I like... Somebody said it. I like 2014 Forest Drive. I like um, For Your Eyes Only, but I feel like there's just something different when you're, like, fresh in the game, you got something to prove, and you're allowed to kind of express yourself um, to your fullest extent. And he was given the opportunity to do that. And mm-hmm. I honestly feel like this was his his Take Care album. Like, I feel like this album really just put him in a different echelon. So, I'm glad you said that, because <laughs> I was trying. So, <laughs> like, I kind of compared discographies, like, um, I feel like Forest Hills Drive was his his take care, but I feel like this was his views. Like you take care, like you yeah, I would take care. Is a, I would flip like that. yeah. It, it's it's. I mean, I honestly it can go either way, but I feel like one album out of the other you take for granted, and then you hear it later, and it's like yo, this this shit is crazy. Like he was on some like ish with this one, right. but yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, the J Cole connoisseur. <laughs> hey, <chill. laughs> yeah. look, we look, we all connoisseurs here. But uh, yeah, I gotta go with Eric, man. Uh, this is definitely a ten out of ten. This is a ten album, bro. This is, in my opinion, this is a perfect album in terms of production, in terms of hits, in terms of just lyrics, just bars. Cause even back at this time, like people were hard on this album, bro. They were saying yeah. that. That it was just an okay album. Like, but in reality, a lot of people would just miss what he was trying to say, like, the entire time. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly feel like for Cole to produce 90% of this, like, it really shows 
first of all, Cole is the most probably the most underrated producer in the game right now. Yeah. Being completely honest, but yeah, I, I just feel like mm-hmm. overall, like this album gives you everything you need. Like it takes you on an experience, takes you for a ride. Like like Eric was saying, like, I feel like I was J Cole, like in New York after college, running around, like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, like trying to make a name for myself in this rap game. And I just feel like him talking about the good and evil, good versus bad, born center, like. We know what's right, but we even we still want to dip our toe we, in what's we faltered. Yeah, we, we like, faltered. and that's just and, and that's okay. And hearing this, it was it really was the first time somebody was like, "Could we always hear about in church like sin and being a bad sinner?" But it was this was the first time I really heard like it's okay. Yeah, like you're human. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like so that I don't even know what else to say. But this album ten out of ten. But hey, but Q, I wanted to say something that I saw that was pretty funny about uh, power trips as it's playing right now. Yeah, but. He said that for what uh, Miguel, um, his verse, he said originally it was him saying that. So J. Cole? Believe me if I said I'm in love. He said he recorded it a few times. He told um, he, um, Miguel sent his feature. So he was listening to the, the song with, yeah. with his yeah. and with Miguel's. Exactly. <laughs> and he said, yeah, sound fire on my thing. I ain't gonna <laughs> <laughs> he was like, but he said every time you would play his, he'd be like, hey, I ain't gonna count, but I sound good on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> bro, that's a, bro. Make a him deal. telling like him, bro. He said he had to get like so many other people to listen to it. He's like, he's like, bro, people disrespect me. I'm like, nah, you need to get the deal on that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and switch that. He's like, hold on, nigga, now, like, I ain't that bad. I sound pretty good on that thing, bro. <laughs> but Kobe Butler. <laughs> my last little tidbit like born center is one of the few albums where i just can't listen to one song like if i'm gonna listen to born center i'm gonna listen to born center top to bottom yeah so yeah, that's just same. one thing i really appreciate about this project i definitely feel like you can't just like listen to like one song off i feel like it definitely takes you on the journey you can't skip any steps in it yeah i guess the question i wanted to ask um What's the whole background on him, like his relationship with Nas? Because I already kind of know like the relationship with him and Jay Z, but he literally has a song on here called "Let Nas Down," and I just want to know, like, if anybody can answer, like, what's the history between him and Nas? You want to take it? Uh, I mean, I mean, it ain't really, it's not really nothing like major, but I mean, Nas is one of his like favorite rappers. Like, that was just a, a guy he looked up to, other than Hove, of course. But I mean, I guess because you can kind of see it in. Even in like with uh Bill Maddox, like he he was gonna name Friday Night yeah. Lights Bill Maddox, like Bill mm-hmm. Maddox. That's just some like homage shit. But they said that Nas didn't like uh Workout. the single Workout. Yeah, yeah they said he didn't yeah. like it. He hated it. So that's really what he just he really just kind of made the song and just kind of just put it on there because like he said he felt he, he let Nas down. So and I feel like it's crazy because Cole is really trying to separate himself to be a lyrical rapper, and then like I don't know if it was. Again, I don't know who catered the decision to make him more of a hit maker with that album. I just, like, Cole can make hits, but, like, I feel like it was just, like, pop music at that point. It wasn't, like, lyrical rap. So I feel like once he realized, okay, my idols ain't really fucking with it, like, yeah. I think that's literally what made him grind. That's why a week later, after, I think after his tour, he got right back in the studio. It was a weird time for music at that time, too. Like, that was, like, epicenter of, like, when the underground hip-hop that kind of raged out, which gave, like, you know, even from R and B artists like Janae and you know um, Kendrick and all them, they were they were like up together. But then when that underground like vibe kind of died and it kind of went back to like mainstream stuff, I think they they just were like nah. Cause I heard a story. I don't know if it's true. I heard a story that Born Center was supposed to be his first album, and then they were like the record label was just like nah. <laughs> like, they were like nah. We they're not. It's not going. It's not going to vibe. Like people are not going to like it. So he made Sideline Story. And then Sideline Story, you know, was pretty much like hits. And I mean, he had some songs on it, but it was like, he had like mega hits, like Workout. And um, I can't remember the other one, but it was just more of like a, yeah, it was just, it was just more of like a, uh, you know, a radio album. Is, is that mm-hmm. Yeah, Can't Get Enough. Yeah. That, was, that song was Yeah, so Can't good. Get Enough. Yeah. Who big? This is crazy. I really didn't know the relationship behind them. So I really was like, just asking this for like, you know, just so I can like understand better. But I really appreciated that um the sample he took from uh, Kanye West's Big Brother, like he said, no ID, where the story began. Like I really appreciate that. I really made me pay attention to like the song more because 
you know, anybody can't successfully just sample any big artist at that time, like Kanye West, and, you know, get it off. So I felt like the way he got it off and, like, was still able like, to make a good song that had meaning behind it, like, I, I really appreciated that behind behind J. Cole. Definitely. Even when he get that, them Biggie samples, them Kanye samples, like, yeah. that ain't Cole everybody. is always paying homage in subtle ways. You really just got to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And I really, I think, and he talked about, like, he actually got defensive on the phone, like, like in the song, in the verse, he said he got defensive on the phone. Like, like when I guess he talked to Nas, when they told him that Nas didn't really like the song, like he wasn't like he was like, I guess he wasn't really fucking with it. So I guess he just sometimes you gotta take it into the booth and just let it pour out. I guess that's what he did. I mean, he he mentioned it in the song. He said, "Long live the idols, may they never be your rivals." I guess he was kind of referencing what you just said, Sean. Like, like your idol is telling you your shit not good. Like you can either take that one or two ways. Like you can either take it as motivation, but at this point. If you drop, if I done drop three mixtapes, a whole studio album, and you still don't like my shit, like come on, yeah. bro, it's gotta, it's gotta be you eventually, like, bro, it can't all be me. And and Kiwan, I don't talk. think it was just like everything. I think he was just saying specifically that song, like yeah, he didn't like because he was just making hits, like he was just like yeah. It says, on, it says here that uh, No ID was in the studio with Nas, and I think No ID had played uh, Workout, and Nas was like, this shit trash. And then no idea called him about it, and then no idea later helped him make this song. So I, it's just crazy how all that ties in together. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Bro, really, do y'all know the really. story on the uh, the cover art for the deluxe? Talk to me. Eric I definitely don't. broke Eric, Eric definitely broke down the uh, cover out for the uh, the first one with the lines. Yeah. At first it was just that, but yeah. it kind of seems like the iconic like cover that we see now for Born Center that wasn't always the cover that just came in the deluxe facts, facts. I feel like this cover art almost like speaks for the album almost like when you see this cover art like you know you know what I'm saying like you know what you know yeah. what time it is I feel like that's I feel like that's dope but now he was saying that he originally like wanted a, he got a little baby boy like he had like they found a baby somewhere mm-hmm. a little light skinned baby yeah and the cover was supposed to be like a baby you know how uh Big uh, Ready to Die album. He got the uh, little baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he like it was supposed to be like that, but the baby was like, I guess it's like the baby was gonna look real innocent. It was gonna be surrounded in white, kind of mm-hmm. just like the this project. Um, I made the cover art now, but it was gonna have clouds like in the top, kind of like heaven, yeah. kind of. But the, so the baby down there like clouds at the top, but the baby was gonna have real real small horns, like real subtle horns. Mm. And that was a, that was a, like eventually that was gonna be the cover art for Born Center, like. But he said that and the parents was like, yeah, I, the I parents weren't fucking with it. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> he, like, he, said he, wrote, he said he wrote them a letter. He was like, look, I'm a good. He said I, he, I write perfect letters now. He said I wrote some letters in my day. Right. He said he he told him like he, he said I take Born Center off the cover. Like that'll just be on the cover. Born Center won't even be on the cover. Yeah. And then he, they was like, nah, I don't think we can do it, bro. Like. <laughs> But, like, and he said that the cover art today, like that's the cover art now. Yeah. He said one of his homeboys, like one of his guys from Greenville, was like, "Well, I was working on this. We can use this if we want to." Yeah. And he was like, "Nigga, that's perfect." Like. <laughs> but it, he said, but it was really going through it with like the parents. Like it was like, like he was like, but I was taking them out to dinner, like exactly. all kind of stuff. He, was really, he said, "What were you want? He was really trying. To, he said, "Bro, I was really trying to get this little light skinned baby on here, but." That's funny. I <laughs> But think about it. Yeah, think about it. That would have like been the cover art. Though. That would have been hard. That would have been different. That would have been hard. And, 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 and that was in 2013, and that would have made it would have been different. Yeah. A lot of people didn't catch on initially. Yeah. And so the cover art speaks a lot for itself as well. And so that just that just missed the point altogether. So I, I kind of wish I would have seen that vision. Maybe I could see a draft or something. Bro, I kind of feel like he purposely like because when you look at it, like you gonna be like, what in the world? I look like a little. Satanic, like, yeah, a little like what? <laughs> but I think that that's he knew it's, he knew it's gonna grab your attention. Yeah, and it's called born center. Like, well, let me listen to it. Like, if you really actually, this is the concept. It's, bro, just, it's, like, it's just, so deep. It's so deep. That's right. That's different, bro. And you, I think at that time you gotta be, you had to do something different. Like, you can't just like post like a regular like you know cover art. It's not gonna grab attention at all. Like, um, I know. I think Westside Gun. He has like a, a project called um, uh, Hitler wears Hermes or Hermes, like Hitler wears Hermes. And he was saying like he he's not like a, a Nazi or anything. He just made it because he knew like he likes Hermes, like to wear it. And he knew like putting like Hitler as that like the concept on it, like it's gonna gravitate people. But 
he just kept doing things because that's how people notice him and they started listening to the tape. So I, I definitely agree with like I want I want to see that original cover art if it's out there, but it's probably not even out there. Yeah, I don't even know if I don't even know if it's out there, but that's that's crazy. If somebody no, can find that, I know that. <laughs> But we really talked about this album from beginning to end, went back to the beginning and like did everything in between. Like this is this is this is a good this is a good discussion. I can't even lie to y'all boys. You I remember you was a little upset. Uh I think we were talking about sideline story that gave my rating. You was trying to figure out what my uh best album is. I hope I hope you're satisfied, bro. For real for real. No, Eric, I was confused because I thought you when you really gave your rating for sideline story, I thought you said seven point five. And your first one was 7.6. I was like, bro, how did J. Cole get worse in your opinion? Like, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, nah, we, we, we definitely got to straighten out, though. Like, we definitely had a, had a side from that. Yeah, we got to shake hands on that one. I ain't okay. <laughs> Still got to shake hands. But nah, I could definitely understand, like, why you was waiting so long to give this a 10, because it definitely deserves a 10. And I'm honestly on the verge of leaning more towards the 10 side now. Like, I gave it a 9, I guess, because of the fact that. Um, I just didn't appreciate it as much. I, I feel like if I listen to it around the time y'all would listen to it, it'd be a 10 right now because I'm kind of late to the game. And I'm really starting to appreciate it more. Like, I feel like that's why I gave it a 9, but it's definitely, it's more of a 10 than it is a 9, but I just gave it a 9 because I guess I didn't, I'm still like learning to love it if, I, if, that, if that's okay. That's fair. That's fair. No, that is fair. Honestly, like, I got this confused with a whole podcast episode for a minute because we already, you know, <laughs> reached past, <laughs> we already reached past our, like, our timestamp. We don't want to hold y'all up for too much longer. Like I said, we got more albums to talk about in this J. Cole pack. Uh, appreciate my boy Brandon for, you know, showing up on this one. He's going to be very present in the, yeah, he's going to be very present in, in the upcoming ones too. So uh, this is your boy, your boy Marquise Q signing out. All right, man, it's your boy Raider Rashawn, man. Young boys, let us know how y'all feel about this project. Let us know if we wrong. Let us know if, if we got, if we didn't get the tape that we were supposed to get. Like, we completely missed it. I don't know if we did or not, but hey, just let us know if we did. Uh, y'all boys holding the road. And it's your boy EZ. Don't come over here with that bull. Cause we, we know what we did. We know what we did. If you ain't got nothing else to add to the conversation, don't, don't even add. Just, just keep that to yourself. Put it in your pocket. But uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all for listening. Stay tuned for the next one. It's your boy EZ. Peace.